What's up, motherfuckers? How's it going? Fucking Alexa's a creep. She is, man. She's all about murder metal mayhem, apparently. God damn. So, uh, well, it's Tuesday, guys, and we're doing that thing we do here at Horns High Studios yes, with sir, episode man. 114. Doing a little creepiness, Joey. Oh, yeah. I know you dig horror films and creepy yeah. stuff, so. And it's fucking October. 2020. 2020. Can't get yeah. much creepier than that. That's true, man. So this <laughs> uh, super, this is going to be a really good beard. one to kind of set it off <laughs> yeah. for the creepy factor, because this one's got it, that's for sure. Um, but everybody doing okay, surviving the pandemic Yeah, still? we're still doing all right. That's good. Working. Working. Yeah, working. I mean, we're all just trying to live and get through it all. And again, yeah. we know we have some listeners that have been dealing with these fires and the hurricanes and stuff and we hope everybody's uh, okay out there and uh hopefully little murder metal mayhem maybe not such a bad way to have yeah, to cheer you up, up a little and bit cheer up and listen to our stupidity for a couple hours a week you know <laughs> so uh we were supposed to have brian ward in here with us but he had a last minute change in his work schedule we know brian works at a federal uh institution let's say that and so he was, uh, you know, dealing with COVID and schedule changes. And so he was very unfortunately had to decline being here. But good news is he's got a new position there. He will be and in he's short, a little more yeah. flexible. So we love having Brian in. We'll get him back. We'll get him back. we got so many good topics coming up. Oh, I mean, yeah. we could pretty much have Brian in here for any of them. Yeah. And he would love it, you know. Be a part of it. Not like instantly. Like, yep. Let's do that one. Yeah, and I think, too, like when we've had guests come in and we do a real offbeat one, I think they like those because it's not something they know about at all. So all right. they're kind of coming like, in and like a, let's learn learning about it something together. Fucking, you know, yeah. It's kind of cool, really. Uh, last week was a good one, uh, number 113. We did the feature on the Attica prison riot. Uh, brutal fucking riot. Uh, upstate New York, 1971. So right in the middle of the friggin', you know, just chaos yeah. at that time. Yeah, um, civil rights movement. Civil all rights that shit, movement. Dude. Vietnam. I mean, Nixon. I mean, it was just crazy. I um, like how Nixon's like a thing, too. Not just a yeah. thing. It, it I don't dirty. have an issue with him. I mean, the, the, the Watergate's <laughs> a different story, and I'm not even going to get into I'm not, it. I'm not getting it. I just I like, the, I just like Nixon it. Nixon is like, oh, a, like a thing. <laughs> it's got this ominous sound. Nixon was in office. So, But, you know, in this riot, 43 lives were lost. A lot of mayhem. Plenty of blame to go around. Of course, and, you got the cover-up factor. And we had fucking Tex talking with us. And yes, we, we had Tex here. And, of course, Tex being here... Uh, makes it for a good we talk about prison stories we've got a guy who's been in the corrections yeah. <laughs> business and currently is in texas and old tex comes in with his 10 gallon hat and talks a little bit <laughs> yes, to us sir. So yes, good, sir. good times uh we had ck doing another uk band raven didn't know shit about him it was interesting to hear what he had to say about it but um 
the crazy thing was in Hell Coming, we had a fucking tie. Yeah, that's Which fucked. did not expect that. No, I never expected a tie, honestly. But then after no. we got through it, it's like, wait. Yeah, we knew we had a fourth week. We planned the contest being four weeks. But because of the number of listeners, we had said it that the way we set this up, there was no way to do it in four. We did it in three. But because of the tie, we go to the fourth week anyway. So it really worked out perfectly. So we've got the guys in it tonight battling it out. But we will have a clear winner, I promise. No tie. I think that sucks like in the NFL yeah. when you see a tie or their, yeah. their wins, loss, dash with a one or a two. And they got like, the tie in there. It's like, oh, God damn it, just, it, just looks, let them play till they win, It doesn't look dude. right, you know? <laughs> so we're not going to end in a tie. There will be a winner, and, of course, it's going to be amazing. So me and CK battling it out in this final, and one of us will be victorious. We'll join the winner's circle with Chris. He won the uh, March Mayhem. Yeah. So, yeah. so these Taking are fun. Goddamn and I like to do stuff like this. So any yeah. of you guys have any ideas, You know, maybe we could do some kind of Christmas thing. Right. It's one that might be Just funny. Make some kind of fucking goddamn contest game or whatever for the fans or the listeners to enjoy with us. Yeah. That's fucking fun, dude. I think so. I think so. So... Hell Coming, of course, brought to you by Fokin' Nuts, the best Hell peanut yeah. butter, man. We've been eating it here on the show, so their slogan, eat the whole jar, is not oh. a difficult thing to do. <laughs> it's very easy. It's so good. Uh, but if you missed that one, go back and listen to episode 113. We just passed 1,000 total listens for that one, so thanks, everybody, that's checked it out. And if you missed it, go give it a listen. Now, tonight we got another really good one. We're starting out our October creepy episodes with a look at the illinois asylum for the incurable insane that and just that, sounds bad dude that sounds bad and that was legit the name of the song that was the <laughs> name of this fucking place i mean talk about creepy as fuck that just sounds really bad and the long title on top of like, it i hope i know. never end up there yeah man. <laughs> it does not sound like a good place um but ironically it really was uh, we'll, we'll talk about it uh, but it was located in Bartonville, Illinois, and of course our Central Illinois listeners are going to know all about this one, uh, but anybody from outside of here, uh, that's very close to Peoria, about uh, 45 miles or so from where we are here doing this podcast, so not very far from us. Uh, the asylum was open from 1902 to 1973, and during that time there were thousands of lost souls that passed through their doors. Uh, we'll talk about the hospital and how it looked at mental health in a very different way than most, you know, places were doing it at this time. Because right. man, that was it was really some scary shit, man. Yeah, I mean, like Tower of London type stuff. Right, you yes. know, really awful things that they did because they just didn't know any better, and they really looked at the mentally ill as like they they don't have feelings, they don't Basically feel hot, that, yeah. they don't feel cold. They're like just like whatever they're treated like less than animals they just rape the shit out of them yeah yeah like for real though yeah <laughs> no, for i mean real. it's really awful real. no for real though. it's really <laughs> awful so i mean it's it's just a, a a very bad thing so we'll talk about a little of that we'll talk about the notorious patients that resided there because there's some good ones we're yeah. going to talk about 
uh, some that you may be familiar with, some maybe not. Depending on who you talk to, they might still reside there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, of course, we can't talk about this place and not discuss the paranormal side of it. Um, there seems to be a lot of it, people that believe and, and get into that sort of thing. 215 acres, man. This property was massive and lots of buildings and lots of nooks and yeah, crannies and, and pretty creepy stuff. So, um so we'll talk about that. It should be a good one. Uh, got CK fucking throwing some heat in the bullpen, getting ready. He's going to bring some metal tonight. Going to talk some Orange Goblin. These nice. guys are cool. They got a new uh, live album that came out this year. It's actually really good. I'm not typically a fan of metal that's this style, uh, but I like these guys. Yeah, so really? They're just really cool. I don't so, know if I've ever actually really dig heard them. them. Yeah, they're really good. Um, and he's going to tell us all about them, and he's got another Lost Classic. And, of course, some heavy metal news. Of course, we got the passing of Eddie Van Halen. Just found that out today. Uh, unbelievable, uh, you know, surprise. You know, me knew he'd been battling cancer, but right. when you hear it, it's like, wow, Eddie Van Halen. That's like, that dude's that's been like a legend, you know. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about that with him because he's the great metal motherfucker. And so we'll get him in in the metal segment and beyond tonight. So it should be good. Uh, and then as we talked about, we got round four of the Big Hell Coming Contest, the final tonight. Last week, of course, being a tie. So we got our final match tonight where we will crown a winner. Um, and I'll be playing for Chris from uh, Flowery Branch, Georgia. And Chris, who is CK going to be CK's playing CK's got Nihilus Jello from Hollywood, California, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> so we got two really good, uh, you know, energetic listeners, both oh, yeah. really digging the contest. So it's really fun when we see that. We had the same thing in March Mayhem with Justin yeah. and Stephanie, both really you know, class about, acts. Yeah, about it, dude. And about these it. guys are the same way. So I think that's really awesome. And so whoever wins, it's going to be great. But all the fucking listeners that participated got great prizes. Yeah, dude. Um, so we'll talk about that later. But we've got in the cage tonight, Chris, who is the first tag team that's going in tonight in the cage, man? Uh, it's not H.H. H. Holmes and William Devin Oh, yeah, H.H. Holmes William Devin Howell. Going uh, up it, against who, yeah. Joey? Uh Master Blaster, <laughs> <laughs> Joe Matheny, and fucking Jennifer San Marcos. There you go. So those uh, that's the match tonight. That's going to be brutal. Um, and uh, who's going to win? You know, we'll see. Um, it if, would be hilarious if it was Master Blaster, though, it just would because be really that's funny. been a thing the entire time. <laughs> it would be really funny. And I think we could, if you guys want to, I could open up the... Uh, the list of the weapons, and we can oh, yeah. we could throw right. out a few random numbers. That would be all. hilarious. That yeah. would be funny. All right, let's do that. All right, so that'll be good uh, tonight, and we'll see who wins. And of course, the uh, grand prize is getting to be on the segment with us, co-host the murder segment, and a bunch of other cool shit, man. T-shirts and books and stickers and koozies and. Signed posters. We did it up, man. Yeah, so, all four of them got really good fucking Yeah, and of course, yeah, Folk I mean, and Nuts, be... they're sending each of them a one large and one small uh, jar of their peanut butter, which I'm is I'm cracking the open the jar right now. There <laughs> Dude, you go. You guys hey, need to do that, too. Shit. No, I'm going to be doing that. Yeah, so huge thanks also to SpellboundEffectsAndArt.com for sponsoring the show. They've been with us for a while now. 
talk about Tony Campagna and all His the great shit, so shit he badass, does, man. Yeah, so he's just badass. cranking it out for Halloween. I'm sure. So. Oh, I, I hope so. I hope. So. Yeah, I hope y'all motherfuckers are out there ordering some shit from him. Yeah, just like he's got a really good awesome catalog. The Even masks. Order that thumb drive, dude, and just like Pete, when he cool. went in to goddamn get some copies made. Just yeah, like, freaks some people out. Freaks some people out. Like, oh wait, that's a legit <laughs> thumb drive. Yeah, get yeah. it, dude. And he's got the fucking baby heads. He's got all kinds of sick shit, Chris. You know, if you're digging on the sickness. Spellboundeffectsandart.com is where you need to be. I want we'll, that hat still. I'm going to buy it. I know, it. dude. I know. I'm going to buy it. Uh, we should set up a Texas. GoFundMe for Chris to get Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, come on, man. No. Thanks to all you fuckers out there listening to us, though. We keep seeing the numbers rolling in. About 3,000 listens this week. So you guys kick ass. Uh, we are at 292,000 nice. total listens so far. So we are really getting close to 300. So just keep spreading it like a case fucking of the flap right, in a fucking trailer park. So, oh yeah, thank you guys. And thanks uh, to you guys. We've been added now to Amazon Music. We are on there. I checked that out. Uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and I believe Alexa's got us on there now. She's obviously a fan because she obviously let us record that fan, earlier. Dude. But uh, you can hear us in a lot of different places, so we appreciate the support. And uh, so, guys, we got a lot on our plate tonight. Going to take a little short trip, though, this time on Highway 74 West to this abandoned asylum in Bartonville, Illinois. We've got a lot of dead patients who want to tell us some stories. So, Chris. Yeah, man, let's get some freaky shit going, dude. Man, some Slayer. Slayer! Can't go wrong with that one, Joey. You made the Fuck. call. You yeah. requested it, man. Criminally Fucking insane. Slayer. I will say, I originally asked Pete to karaoke it. And yeah. Then it was like, yeah, actually, we choose her for buffer music, which is good. And Fucking probably right. a good call. So I don't know if you could find that I, song, karaoke. Like, no. And then <laughs> it's like, like we talked about in the beginning when Harv yeah. right, right, was yeah. talking, talking about, about what like, the why fuck. Why don't you do metal songs? Yeah. Like, he doesn't like the karaoke because of the songs I choose. It's like, that's yeah. what makes it funny right. is that the songs are ridiculous. Yeah. You know? Which if, you picked a good one for this one, so. Yeah, I thought so, too. But for Buffer, oh, I mean, we had to Klein. play the Slayer, though. Yeah, for sure. Of course, from the thrash metal classic, Rain and Blood, love that, still to this day. Uh, that's That album not, is dude. so influential on me, because I would have been, like, 20, 21 when this came out. Right. So I was, like, right, like, was writing and recording my music and very involved in it so it was very influential on me vocal wise songwriting wise subject matter all that stuff i just because it's this album was just very very big uh of an influence on me what's insane is like back then you get a tape so you get like 10 12 songs you know oh yeah flip over the tape you get to hear the b-side oh yeah the b-side was always slayer rated blood was so goddamn badass it was only one side and you flip it over you still hear the same 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 song it's only like 40 minutes long yeah Yeah. Yeah, like live undead was longer than that one that's right that's right 
which is another great one. So good. So uh, anyway, uh, this is not the typical topic we would do in a murder segment, but we do dark stuff that doesn't really fit, you know, true crime or serial killer. But this is definitely got enough creepiness and darkness. October, man. It's pretty uh, much fits exactly the October theme. You know, we've gone to Shakers a couple of times yeah. now up in Milwaukee. What an amazing place dude, up there. you see that picture man. fucking Bob posted the other day? Yeah. With a fucking girl straight up in it, dude? Like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, Bob from Shakers, uh, he posted a picture uh, this last week with a really eerie uh, picture from somebody that went on a tour there yeah. and snapped it. Like, holy fuck, Yeah, man. he's had some really interesting ones over the years. But, man, we talk about that place a lot. But we do like that sort of thing. And tonight we're going to be talking about the Illinois Asylum for the Incurable Insane. I want a t-shirt with that, <laughs> that on there. Says that on there. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> it's so fucking crazy. I love the name. Um, it's a new fucking music project name. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's where the anesthetist would work. There you go. There you go. Uh, that was located, of course, in Bartonville, yes. which is just five miles from Peoria. Uh, it was also known as the Peoria State Hospital and the Bartonville Insane Asylum. To most people from around here, that's what they know it as. And that's what's awesome is, for us, it is a local deal. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's going to be, I'm sure, a good number of Central Illinois listeners, because that's where we're from, that are going to listen to this and be like, oh, nice. Or yeah. they'll you know, probably learn some things they didn't know before. Right. Um, now, um, you know, we're going to do this, obviously, in our dark humor style jokes it's just what we do but i did want to go on record as saying that you know obviously you know i'm sure we would all agree that mental health problems are a real thing and they should be handled with serious medical care this stuff affects so many people um and there's just not enough mental health facilities and money that goes to it to help people that really need some help um and so we just want you to keep that in consideration listening to this and not, uh, you know, to take our way of doing this in, in a, as Don't a slight. personal. Not at all. We're good. Um, and in addition, each of us have had friends that have fallen to suicide. I know some of our listeners, I'm sure, as well. And that's obviously part of the conversation. So we're just three dudes in a garage who like talking about dark stuff. That's creepy. Tossing, <laughs> tossing in our three cents, uh, often in the form of, you know, dark funny just crazy humor um and we don't normally give warnings but after doing the research for this i do feel strongly enough that i did want to at least mention that we do take it seriously and if you're having any issues please get some help all right uh anything you guys want to add to that along if, uh, those lines you know anybody do you think might have issues reach out to them see if they right. need help like yeah because sometimes people aren't going to ask you know what i mean so right. It's important. Definitely. I know it's affected all of us, you know. So All I wanted was a Pepsi. That's all I wanted was a Pepsi. <laughs> now I'm institutionalized. <laughs> so I'd like to start this one out uh, with my first experience with this place, because as you guys may or may not know, I'm not from here originally, from New York and Connecticut. I moved here in 1990. Three of the members here were born in... You were born in Connecticut. I was born in New York. Oh, okay, okay. I was born so, in the Bronx, yeah. But three of us lived there, I guess. Yeah, that's good. That's true. Pretty <laughs> random, too. It such is. a small state. And since uh, that we is really now funny. live in Illinois in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved out here in 1990, but then I was in the Army. I got back from Desert Storm in 95. 
Um, I was working for a company that was hired uh, to do an engineering survey of an old boiler house. Um, I didn't know much else, you know, when I got to the place. I didn't know anything about the history of it or any of it. We were just there to assess some environmental hazards for the EPA due to a variety of issues that were going on. The place was a mess. We were wearing Tyvek suits and respirators to protect ourselves. And, of course, this is going to draw some media attention. Right? Oh, of course, yeah. Like, why yeah. would it not? Right. And at the I time... I mean, the place has already got attention anyway because yeah, of what it, it is. Yeah, it got a lot of, you know, the stigma of this place right. definitely hung heavy. Um, but, uh, you know, us being there, you know, definitely got some interest. So there was, you know, the, the asylum is closed, but many of these old buildings were being renovated. And was used as like an industrial park. So there's a lot of businesses up there uh, in the old property. So you got a lot of traffic. There's right. people. There's stuff's going on. So it wasn't like we were out in the middle of nowhere. Now, late on the first day, I was asked by this newspaper reporter for the Pekin Times, who was outside the building with the other ones, um, and he asked if I was scared to go in there, and I'm like, no. No, why would I be scared? Yeah, like, why? And he said uh, that he had heard the place was haunted, and he was kind of surprised I didn't know anything about it. And, of course, I told him I wasn't from here. Um, And he said that there was a fire that closed the place down in 73, which later I found out was not correct. not true, right. But that's what he said. And uh, that's what he said. And many (laughs) patients escaped the hospital through the tunnels that were underneath the grounds. Um, And I smiled and put my respirator back on. And, you know, it was definitely on my mind. I was in my late 20s. You know, definitely was like, what the the hell? That's kind of weird. Fucking right, right. Yeah. And I talked to the guy that I was working with who was a little older than I am. And he's from there. And I was like, hey, what's this? He's like, oh, yeah, this place, they've been saying it's haunted for years. I'm like, well, thanks for telling me, you know. (laughs) So we go down in the basement. This is a boiler house. These boilers are like three or four stories tall. There's three or four of them. And it heated the entire ground. Through the pipes and shit, yeah. So it created the steam and steam fed all the buildings and then condensate coming back. And it just, you know, it's this massive system. So we're in this basement and... When we go down the stairs, I'll never forget it because we're just like flashlight. It's pitch black in there. And you see these tunnel entrances that look were like archways, but they were like you could walk in them. But they were pitch black. I mean, no, no light whatsoever. Down there. Yeah. Right, yeah, I'm sure. And it was damp and dark and creepy as fucking hell. And with this guy telling me, that the place is fucking haunted it's and like, that these patients escape through the tunnels. Now you're like, where, oh, right, oh my God. I got to go in these motherfuckers, yeah. you know? And there was a shitload of them. I mean, we had to draw the whole tunnel system out. It was like this gigantic labyrinth, like one of those mazes you use like in a in a puzzle book. Right. You know? Like that. Yeah, you got to pick which direction you want to It was go. nuts, dude. So I had chalk... And we used chalk to mark the tunnel so we wouldn't get lost. Uh, thankfully, I just got out of the Army, so I was pretty good with a compass, and we right. kept ourselves from getting lost because everything looks exactly the same. I mean, with you could tell where like you were. Tunnel, yeah. yeah, you could really get lost down there. So it was uh, it was very dangerous. But So we're doing this, and I just can't you know help but get this out of my mind. He's got like 50 or 60 buildings and tunnels running to all of them, you know. 
And so uh, we were down there for a good couple days. Um, you know, we came out at, at, at the end of the shift. But. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, obviously you did. Right. Like, yeah. But it was creepy as hell. And I kept thinking about what that reporter said every time I took a corner. Because I'm like, what if there's a skeleton there, you know? Somebody like, died in the tunnel. Could happen, and now you, know? you get to find it. Hell right. Yeah. So it was just crazy. And I was just, you know, on edge the whole time. But inspired at the same time because it was so fucking creepy. Yeah. I wasn't playing in a band at the time. But I thought I really wanted to do something with it. But I didn't know what. I just thought... Write a story, a song, something about this place is so fucking creepy. So soon after we were done, the roads started to cave in the, the tops of the tunnels because originally when they were dug, there were no cars. So they didn't anticipate road traffic. Right. So once the roads were coming in after the hospital was closed... You had a lot of traffic in there. Now the tunnels are starting to cave in, and so you can't go through it. Uh, 20 years later, of course, I wrote my novel Six, which is set at the asylum. So I did honor my request of myself right, to write, like, something, I'm about write it, something about although it, although it took me 20 years. Um, and the main character uses the tunnels. I won't uh, spoil the surprise. Uh, that book is actually unpublished at this time, but... If I ever decide to do it, I didn't want to spoil the end. But the tunnels are a very pivotal part of the story. That makes sense. Yeah. And in my 2018 novel, The Dreadful Lives of Enoch Stranger, are some scenes that were set at the asylum. Yeah. My favorite one in the chapel with the, uh, with the uh, chapel descending into hell and it's spinning and blood and it's pretty crazy. But I've always been enamored with this place. I don't really believe in the paranormal. Right. Um, but it is very interesting to me. I don't disbelieve. Like, I think it's real. I've just, just never, never had, had it happen. Yeah. And I know some people just are more susceptible to that. We've talked about this before when we did the Shakers episode. Yeah. Love going up there. But I am, you know, pleasantly skeptical of it. But I think it's really fun and interesting. And I think there's something to it. I almost wish I, I could experience it. No, that's it. what I was just about but to I say. Don't, I really you know. wish I wish so I could see something. That'd be pretty yeah, bad. I'd be like, it'd no, be fucked up. I don't that. know how I would think. I mean, it's easy to say it now, but you see some, yeah, but then you see full some body fucking, apparition like, oh, in front of you. That'd be fuck. fucked up. So, so now we're here in 2020. So it's 25 years later. I'm doing this podcast with you guys. Uh, the asylum story has really stuck with me, and I hope you guys, will, all everybody listening, and of course you guys here, Chris and Joey, uh, yeah, find it yeah. interesting as well. Hell so yeah. sorry for the big setup there, but I felt it necessary <laughs> yeah. because of how creepy that was and what as that a personal stuck experience, with me yeah. for a long fucking time, you know. Now, the Illinois Asylum for the Incurable Insane was finally opened for business in 1902, said it's a 215-acre piece of land in Bartonville, uh, Bartonville, 33 buildings. Yeah, Bartonville, kind of a small town. But the location of Bartonville on the Illinois River up on that on bluff, that bluff yeah. was the perfect spot. They started with 33 buildings, which included an actual store, housing for the staff, a hospital. They'd later grow to four hospitals. So this was like was a huge. fucking city up there on this hill. Um, post office, of course, roads. It's like a town. I mean, you could search on Google for the map of this place. In the beginning, it's pretty simple, and it gets more complicated. 
at the end, I think there were 60 or 65 buildings there total. So um, Indians were known to be in the area before, and some have claimed, you know, this is one of the reasons it was haunted. And, of course, guys, how many times are horror movies using the old Indian Indian burial burial grounds? About as much as Scooby-Doo uses, you pesky kids. (laughs) You know, it's been done to fucking death. However, it's part of the story. Um, there's also coal mines that run underneath there, so right. uh, which is pretty common all over here where we are. You know, a lot of coal mines that were abandoned and and left in place, and a lot in southern Illinois too. Like yeah, real bad in southern Illinois. Oh yeah, one of the guys I did training for, he was a miner and he retired, but he still did it part time, and the money was just like stupid, but. Right. Very dangerous work going yeah. in those coal mines. Yeah, so especially, hats off anybody doing that. Especially back in this time because well, they didn't yeah. have all the fucking all safety they had stuff. The fucking canary. canary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For That's sure, what I'm man. Saying. Like, yeah. Fuck that. So the name was officially changed a couple of times. So it was only the Illinois Asylum for the Incurable Insane until 1909 when it finally became the Peoria State Hospital. Somebody walked up and they're like, Wait, what's this called? Yeah. Are you fucking serious? I'm not bringing my mom here. <laughs> Fuck you. Ah, that sounds scary. She's curable. She's not insane. She just needs a little help, dude. Fuck. Right? So uh, since it does lie in Peoria County, that's why it's it got the name Peoria State Hospital. Um, many of the locals refer to it as the Bartonville Insane Asylum, as I mentioned. So I just wanted to be clear to everybody that this is, we're talking about the same place. Yeah, um, no because matter, it yeah. does have some different Any names. Any of those three names, if one of us says it, it's yeah, the same place. It's all the same thing. And if you look up Bartonville, Illinois, that's all you'll find anyway. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. Google Bartonville, that's what you're going to find. Um, it sat on the top of a bluff, as I mentioned, overlooking the Illinois River, close to some train tracks. Which, of course, at the time this was built in the late 1800s, uh, you're talking that's the primary mode of transportation is train. Right. For and that's people how you're getting shit and towns. goods. So, you know, it was a good spot for it. Uh, There's shipping insane people in by the fucking load. That's right. That's <laughs> shipping, right, man. <laughs> there was a lot to the history of this building that we're not going to get into here. Um, but as with most subjects, you know, there's a lot of different accounts. And I even found this interesting about the founding of the hospital itself. If you look at Wikipedia, and I know we joked here recently about a podcast I was listening to where they were literally reading it right off Wikipedia. And I knew because I was looking at it. I'm like, you're reading this, you know. And so Wikipedia has its pros, but there's a lot of cons. And one of it is the information may not be right. They don't even mention this women's group that founded the hospital right. in this Wikipedia article. Oh, yeah. All yeah. they talk about was that it was, you know, this Illinois, some sort of, you know, uh, group that the state commissioned to set this yeah, up. Some women's but the women's group was the one that actually did it. Yeah, the, I, I uh, saw that because of everybody getting sent to the poorhouses and everything. Well, yeah, like it was really bad. Different. These women wanted to do something, you know, to help. Um, and like you said, Chris, they get these, you know, people that are sick in these almshouses, these like right, yeah. basically warehouses of people. And it was just the basically most horrible living conditions, you know, really, really bad. Now, one of the women in the group, her husband was the mayor of Bartonville, which I'm sure helped. Um, and they got this land from the state and then they were able to use all the money they raised to build the buildings and they built some really amazing stuff, but the main 
admin building, the Bowen building was a piece of shit. The hospital was the the built the main building was built very shoddy, and they had to tear it down before they even opened it and rebuilt it. See, I seen one one thing that said it was built on top of one of those coal mines, and it kind of collapsed, and the structural integrity of the building wasn't obviously wasn't good anymore and that's very possible that's very possible so i don't, I don't yeah, know if that's I saw true conflicting things about that if it was because of the mines underneath the ground or, or if, if it was, was just shit work i and, also saw that they came in and zeller whenever he came in was like uh this isn't this isn't what i want yeah, yeah i saw yeah, that too. this isn't a, a welcoming place for these people right yeah because it was more of the classic insane asylum right. looked like a fucking castle you know I'll i mean you this that, place is a little scary when yeah. it was in its day, you know, but not like it was originally. I'll tell you the coolest shit for me, being from here and knowing you, uh, is I've been to the Bartonville, but I've never been in the tunnels, of course, nothing like that. But, you know, I've been, I've seen the, the grounds and stuff. But yeah. then reading the books, Enoch, Strange, and also Six, you know. Right. You could tell, I could tell because I'd been there, where your basis was for all that stuff. Right. And especially reading Enoch, whenever you're talking about the grounds and shit, like I could picture it because right. I've seen the grounds and it right. was really neat, you oh, know, cool. with the correlation between that. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. I, I've had uh, several people from around here that read Enoch Strange and liked the fact that I used the local site yeah, for, super the, cool. for some of it. So. Um, but anyway, these women, you know, they lobbied. They were able to get this thing happening, um, and it's known as the Bowen Building. Um, and they went with the cottage-style asylum, so they built these houses where they would group all the like ailments, yeah, you right. know, schizophrenics, you schizophrenic, you know, you got alcoholics, whatever different yeah. places they had them. Separate them into groups. Right. Segregation. It right. works in that sense. <laughs> in that in sense. That sense. Right. <laughs> and they had a husband and wife run each of the homes so that there would be a woman there and a man to deal with either. Right. And they could keep the peace. And it was more of a family style setup with the eating together as a yeah. family. And these people love this place. I mean, these people were treated. Chris, you mentioned them in these fucking almshouses were horrible. I mean, they were like warehouses right. and a lot of sickness and dysentery and, and it, it's just horrible. And when you come into Dr. Zeller's place, dude, it's totally different. It's like, yeah. holy shit. He really guys. seemed like he gave a shit. Right. You know? He 100% and did. And these I, people, I a like. lot of them didn't have shit because if you were curable, that's what the significance of that word incurable. Incurable, yeah. If you're curable, they kept you in the regular hospitals. Right. If they deemed you incurable, then they were here. like, get out of here. And that you're locked up. You're either on the street or you're in one of those almshouses. Yeah. And those were terrible places. So to those people, being accepted in a more family-loving type environment, so much of a change uh, I can't imagine it, you know, because none of us, have, of course, ever been in that situation. But the more you read of Dr. George Zeller, uh, who was the first superintendent, you know, from the beginning, a uh, very unique man on how he looked at this whole thing. He was an army doctor. He was not a psychiatrist. He was a, I don't know if he was a surgeon. Or a medic. But or he whatever. was an army doctor. Yeah, he was... But he ran the place with compassion. Right. So. And you could tell, like, some of his pictures, I guess. That, he like, looks you can like see military. Him, you could tell he's military and mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. 
Now, Chris, during the 1800s, we talked about how brutal health care was for the mentally, uh, for the, you know, the people with mental issues, putting patients in these fucking Utica cribs, straight jackets, lobotomies, and a lot of things that, you know, we see in like horror movies. Lobotomies are the shit. Fucked up, man. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just crazy to think that's how they treated the mentally ill at that time. It is pretty fucked up. And they would do that to pretty much anybody in there because, like you said, they pretty... uh, the first way they did it, everybody was together. So they just treat everybody the same. Right. And there was people just, uh, I saw some shit people just be into a divorce thing. And they're just like, hey, this bitch is fucked up and just drop their wife off there. Like, oh, yeah. Just to get out of fucking goddamn divorce shit. Right. Like, it was very easy for a man to put a woman yeah. in that hospital. It's uh, like for just about shit, anything, dude. yeah. Pretty scary shit, and, and they just go with it, like, oh, all right, cool, right? Now yeah. let's lobotomize her. What the fuck, dude? There was one story I I heard where it was a husband and wife in a nice car drove up, a six year old boy got out, and they left. And every day that kid was there, he grew up as an adult right. into that place. Every day he was there, he would sit out on those steps and see if they were going to come back for him. I mean, that's fucking awful. I mean, absolutely awful. So there was some real misery in this place, which may lend itself to the paranormal stuff that we're going to get into. So very interesting. And certainly just like Shakers with all the stuff that happened there, um, you know, those types of events sometimes can have an impact, whether it be the energy of the place or... You know, we've all been in places before where you just feel like a sense of dread uh, versus some places feel more upbeat. Every time I walk in the door at work, man, shit. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely ahead of his time, no door, no locks on the doors uh, other than the the two wards where the violent inmates were kept um, or patients, I should say, were kept. But no bars on the windows. Actually took the bars off and made a fucking zoo out of it, which is pretty funny. Right. (laughs) Um, But at the time, Dr. Zeller was known as an alienist, which is a doctor who treated mental patients. So the alienist thing is like, huh? Like, what do the aliens have to do with this? But it's not that. Um, His methods were definitely scoffed at at the beginning, but then they were known the world over. Um, He ran the place from 1902 to 1913, and I read that there was some big political drama, like somebody yeah, he was, uh, change Republican of office. And the Democrat came into yeah, Senate so he was out, like and that. he got relocated to Alton uh, to start a hospital there, down in southern Illinois, right? Isn't yeah, it's all... down by St. Louis. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, and so while he was gone, though, the hospital reverted back to the way that mental hospitals were done at that time, very barbaric. So when Zeller came back in 1921, he brings his wife Sophie with him. Um, they wind up staying there until he retired, and then they just lived in this apartment up in the attic. Dude, so pretty I, crazy. Right. I think it's crazy that when he came back and shit and everything turned to shit, not his ways or whatever. Right. He like uh, admitted himself into yeah, the hospital to as experience a patient, it to experience the treatment for three days. Yeah. And then after that, like the he made the, the staff he made the staff for eight hours. Yeah, for eight hours. He, he wanted like three you go, days go through on what each they ward. go through every oh, fucking wow. day, and he made them all do it for eight hours, dude. And they went through it, and that's when they changed it back up. Like, yeah. oh, I, I get it. And that's pretty fucking smart. 
Uh, he took the bars, as I said, and made a zoo so that the patients had animals to, you know, help take care of. They loved it. And uh, like I saw a legit zoo, too. They had yeah, decent animals. He there, did. Right? He took the Utica cribs and made like rabbit hutches out of them. Right. And stuff. He took so all pretty, the bars and shit, made cages clever. for like bears and shit like that. Like, yeah, for real. like he had it legit for them. I know. He, and it was open to the public, guy. too. That's right. It was, <laughs> it was pretty cool stuff. He also flew to Denmark to learn about this cutting-edge color therapy. So you had all these things going on in this little town, Bartonville. Um, so both Dr. and Mrs. Zellers actually died at the hospital after they retired. Uh, before the asylum was built, most of the mental patients at that time, as I said, were looked at as worse than animals. They were treated in these almshouses who were, you know, if they were of people of means, the places weren't too bad. But if you were poor, they were warehousing you. They figured you didn't feel hot or cold. So yeah. there's no air. There's no heat. I mean, well, I mean, it was back then. There was no air anyway. True, true. No but, ventilation of any yeah, type. It was, just there was in this no regard like whatsoever fucking, yeah. for their comfort. The food was probably horrible. They probably didn't get a whole lot of it. It was just a nasty situation. So this was just how it was done. So that's why this is such a big deal. Now, Dr. Zeller heard of a woman near Jacksonville, Illinois, named Rhoda Derry. And if you want to check this shit out, Google that name. Yeah. Yeah. That's a do a little research. It's I mean, like very as, interesting. Like not as a brutal rerun, but as a bonus or something. Maybe we might just do an episode. We, on we very her. well could, because her story is pretty interesting. Uh, as a young woman, she falls in love with this guy whose mom does not want her around. At all. <laughs> and the mom thinks she's a witch, right? Yeah. Yeah, something so like that. So she casts yeah, like a witch. this spell on her. Right. She's like, you're a witch, so I don't want you around my kid. If you stay around, I'm going to curse you. It's like, wait, ain't that the same? <laughs> right? Shit? Are you a witch? <laughs> right. Ain't right? you a witch? Fuck. So oddly, though, Rhoda has this mental breakdown because the, the relationship is over. And she winds up getting committed to the Adams County Poor Farm, uh, which is over there by Quincy. Uh, back then, if you were considered curable, they cared for you. But if not, you're deemed incurable and put in one of these almshouses. So fucking awful shit. And it, Chris, I just can't get over how sad it is. You know, these people were actually treated like this. Dude. Uh, I mean, it's a different it's time. Like, it's like throwaway people. I know it's a different time, but it's just like throwaway people. Like, oh, my uh, That's a good brother, way to talk about it. My brother can't take care of himself. Fuck right. it, I'll throw, throw it away. away. Yeah. Fucking don't give a shit. It's terrible, and, man. and especially when it's like your family just giving you giving you up like that. Right. Just to like that, the too. Fuck, they man. know it's not going to be good. You right. Know? Yeah. You just throw them in there like, I know what happens here, but you still, right. that's where oh, you're well. going because I can't deal yeah, with it. I don't it. want to deal with this. God damn it, dude. Yeah, I it's couldn't fucked even up. imagine. But it's on the fucked. same time, I do it to Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael's different. He likes disturbed. So. so Rhoda is kept in what is known as a Utica crib, which is, oh my God, if you look at pictures, of these damn things it's like the size of a baby's crib but it's got a lid on it so they put the person in there but if you're an adult yeah you're like in the fetal position yeah. i mean this is not like lounging out no. in this fucking thing i mean you're in the fetal yeah, position tucked in because you're like maxing this thing out and this would be done for people that sleepwalk or could hurt themselves which i get it 
But, but it's one thing to hours. sleep in it, but she like lived in this thing. Yeah, and there was like for forty four like years nesting in with her, dude. Yeah. Uh, did you see that though? What's like, that? Th- it was like the straw and shit that was in there, in there with her yeah. that she slept on. It was like rats and shit that built nests in with her that were living underneath her oh my in the God. fucking straw. Oh wow! So I couldn't even imagine that Eesh. either, dude. Like, yeah, I did life. not know that. That's fucking wow. That's absolutely horrible. So this poor woman is uh, is put in this damn thing. Um, now this Utica bed was actually invented in France in 1845, uh, but was actually refined in Utica, New York, which is where a well-known mental asylum is. So that's where, of course, it gets its name. And again, to think you're in this thing for 44 I years, I mean, imagine. that's fucked. I couldn't even imagine 40 minutes. No. Right, <laughs> right. She actually gouged out her own eyes, then punched out her front teeth. Which I is mean, fucked up. That's fucked up. And you see pictures of her. It's really scary looking. Yeah. There's not many pictures, but there are right. some. Um, her own front teeth, like punched them out, gouged out her own eyes. But I don't know if this is true. I did see one thing. Was she blind already? I don't. I saw one thing. I didn't else read or I see saw. that. Okay, but all right. If she was, go. it would be in this book. Uh that Sylvia Schultz wrote called 44 Years in Darkness, which is about Rhoda's story. It's it's crazy. I did not get a chance to read a lot of it, but I did read some. Uh, it's really good stuff, though. But these almshouses are terrible, so these people wouldn't have known what to do. But Dr. Zeller heard about her, wanted her at the hospital. So the orderlies are taking the stuff off the train and all the patients that were sent over for the day, and they grabbed this what looked like a dirty laundry, laundry basket, basket, bring yeah. it upstairs, and it's yeah, her. and she's in there. It's and moving she's, around. They're like, "What the shit?" Right? Fucking move the the sheets, and she's inside. Yeah, like so, holy crap! There's a person in here. Yeah, what and so fuck? she was they obviously very her. disturbed. They wound up getting her cleaned up and changed, and. She really took to Dr. Zeller, and all the staff were, like, so amazingly nice to her. I mean, she she was treated extremely well there after being right. horribly and treated for those Dr. years. I think Dr. Zeller was basically the only one she'd really react Trusted. to and yeah. shit, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So I just – the, the story of, of her really break your heart. It's It's terrible. But as we talked about, you know, patients were dropped off to this asylum every day. People, you know, dropping off kids. As we talked about, homeless people would end up there. People no one cared about, um, but they were being cared for by very, you know, good staff that was well trained. And like we said, you know, Zeller had him going undercover to experience what it was like to be a patient there i think that's a pretty good way to get the point across of you better treat these people no bars no locks no nothing like they don't they could come and go for help other than the violent people that's right that's right um now most of the patients were uh buried in one of the four cemeteries on the property Uh, zeller lived as a patient um as we talked about and the fact that they did that, I think, was just very, very commendable. Yeah, that was um, huge because back then they had no way to dispose of the bodies properly like a lot of the bigger asylums or whatever. Right. And they had the problems with the bodies. So he was like, okay, why don't we just create a graveyard back here and right. bury them? Right. You know? And he had uh, people, 
I, I'm pretty sure he said um, people that were uh, committed, like some of them, were on the the like the people who who um, dug the graves, right? And did all the main, you know, what I'm saying, oh sure, did the work for the oh, graveyards. Yeah. yeah, they worked for the the people that could work. Work, yeah. that's for sure. Um, so there were four cemeteries total there. I don't know where he was buried actually um, when he died. But Joey Rhoda dies in 1906. She's only been there four years, but she was cared for. Those pictures of her yeah. are fucking scary. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen the pictures. Like, holy crap, dude! Looks like something out of like Auschwitz or something. Yeah, like, like that. for real, really like that. Bad. Yeah, like to be honest, though, a lot of those pictures, like even just the pictures of Zeller and some of his fucking staff sitting around, right. look straight out of fucking House on Haunted Hill. You oh, know? sure, <laughs> like, they look like that back yeah, then. Yeah, <laughs> that's like creepy, anyway. Yeah, but no, the pictures of Rhoda, that's fucked yeah, up. It is fucked up. Now, many of the patients at the asylum had tuberculosis, so the Pollock Hospital was built on the grounds. This building uh, still standing today and is used for haunted houses to raise money for the high school sports program in Bartonville um, and to keep the building upkeep Fucking and right, stuff. Dude. So that's really been cool. There. I've heard good things about that I've never house. been to that one either, but I I've have heard. I've heard good things about it, though. Like, yeah. it's pretty badass, I've heard. I've never been in it. Now, Sylvia, who wrote this book, uh, she mentions it several times, and she said it was the most haunted building on the property, um, much more haunted than the Bowen building, which I had been through a couple different times and used a lot in my writing. Um, right. But the Bowen building was an administration building. There were nurses there, but it but was mostly so patients. Yeah, not so much patients. Right. There was a morgue there. There was the lobotomy room there. And there was the nurses housing. Uh, and then now all the patients were in different uh, different places. Right. Um, so there were a lot of people that died at this hospital. You know, tuberculosis is fucking awful. Um, you Some people claim, you know, you could hear the coughing. You could taste the blood, actually. That would be fucked up. Because when tuberculosis patients cough they they bleed oh that's yeah. why a lot of them had the red, red handkerchief yeah, i was gonna say that yeah, the red hank yeah. yeah that's just fucking scary looking shit yeah, if see you somebody see somebody with a red, red handkerchief yeah. back in the day you're like that oh, motherfucker <laughs> you got consumption yeah <laughs> yeah it's funny how they called that consumption, consumption tuberculosis yeah. you know because it yeah. consumes you i guess oh yeah it's yeah probably um, and so I'm very skeptical of the paranormal stuff, but as I said, I do find it incredibly interesting. Now, another well-known patient of the hospital was a catatonic man uh, that was found in a book bindery in Chicago. He was unable to speak, no identification, so they had to come up with a name for him, Chris. The book binder, man. Manual A book binder. <laughs> Manual book. A book binder. Yeah, old book. <laughs> old book is what they called him. Uh, he lived at the hospital. You know, it's funny is you picture old book as this like 70-year-old man. He died in his 30s, yeah. right? But back then you were old, you know, like old book. <laughs> yeah. Like he's a 70-year-old, 80-year-old guy, and he's actually died in his his 30s. Um, so pretty crazy. Um, but he, uh, he worked there, as we talked about him, digging the graves. He loved doing it. He really got into it, uh, worked very hard. He took pride in his work. And could outwork anybody else. Um, he was just amazing. He's about that life. He worked from sunup to sundown, just loved to work. 
Um, and since a lot of the patients didn't have anybody there to mourn, he would do it and yeah. he would it was, wail. Dude, like hysterically. Like, certain tree. There was certain, was it an elm tree? There was an elm tree, yes, where he would go over to it and weep yeah. and just cry and cry every, every for the, person for the patient, that got buried you know? every time. And so uh, I saw this uh, one documentary that had this little rhyme on it that said, if the bookbinder doesn't crow into heaven, we will not I saw go. That. I so, saw that. yeah, that one was kind of hokey, but the, the information was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, talks about how these patients thought that if old book wasn't there at your funeral, you weren't going to heaven. So Which they suck. were, I mean, pretty fucking superstitious about yeah, old book binder. They were, they were. Now, Chris, did you see what happens after he dies in 1910 with his it, funeral? It's pretty messed up because, What's about like, that, after he's, uh, after he, old book dies or burying him and uh as they're putting his casket down in the ground they really feel like it's empty and then they swear they see old book standing by that elm tree crying fucking crying and it's so much enough that zeller had him bring it up to open the casket to make sure he was in there and he was and as soon as they opened the casket the crying stopped fucking. right so it's pretty fucked up and like Multiple people. There's 300 people. There's an aerial shot of or a a shot where you could see the whole crowd. There's like 300 people there. I said we saw that. Yeah, that's that's pretty fucked up. And you got Doctor Zeller himself is crazy. Yeah, it's like hold on, bring that motherfucking thing back up here. He wrote all that shit in his ledger. He did. Yeah, he seriously believed that. He did, and he wanted to show them he's really in the ground because he knew. Yeah. This is never going to die if the people think he's still out there crying. Right, right. right. It's pretty fucked up. And uh, I, I don't know if, uh, if I mentioned it or not, but that they had tried to cut that tree down like two or yeah, three I different saw times. That. And, and they, could, they had to stop doing it because every it was time crying. It, it was, the tree was crying every time they hit it with an axe or whatever. Like, yeah. what the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> that, that freaked me out, though. That I mean, would, for, I mean if you really up. believe that, like, fuck right. it. You're like, oh, fuck, dude. So eventually it uh, it rotted and it fell away and right. it was done. But yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really crazy story. And this, like you said, Chris, the superstition thing with these guys. Now, there's a Ghost Hunters special that was shot up there at Bartonville. Uh, Sylvia Schultz is interviewed on it. Uh, she later said that she had never seen the show or really knew much about it. So she likes to do the paranormal stuff from the things I've heard her talk about. But she didn't really, I guess, wasn't crazy about the show after, after the fact. Uh, they got some interesting stuff. I'll mention it later. Um, but I believe, you know, they believe, I should say, that some of what they got was from Old Book himself. So definitely have some things to mention about my own experiences there as well, or lack thereof. Uh, there was a suicide there at the hospital when it closed in 73. This is a sad story. Uh, there was a patient there who did maintenance work. And like Old Book, he loved his job and he loved being able to work and he just loved the hospital and it hurt him so bad that he wound up hanging himself in the elevator shaft uh, from the attic. And um, when they do the ghost tours, you go right up there. I've got a bunch of pictures I took up on the the stairwell that leads to that, uh, that shaft, shaft and right. took a lot of pictures, never got anything. But like right. I said, it's it's interesting to me. Um, there was a band that was going to do uh, a music video up there. I think there is 
a video out there of a band. I'm not sure what the band's name was, but that was supposed to do a video shoot up there. I don't know. I yeah, I don't think it was too. metal. If it was, uh, it wasn't like one of the bands like we would know. It wasn't know? Disturbed. No, I don't think it was. <laughs> I don't think it was Britney Fox either. Um, but, uh, you know, there's thousands of people buried there, including Rhoda Derry, including Bookbinder. Um, I don't believe the Zellers were buried there, but they really should have been because, uh, you know, they were such an integral part of it. And uh, the Cemeteries are not in the best of shape, but you can go up there and take a look. Uh, the big main cemetery, a lot of the graves, the stones are over. Right. They've fallen. Um, a lot of them are just numbered, so you don't even know who's there. Yeah. It just has their number, and then when they died, I think the year or the day they died, I'm not quite sure. They're all a little different. Then there's some sections where they've actually got, like, like old book and and Rhoda Derry have actually tombstones that their names and stuff on them. So, but it really did seem like Joey that uh, you know Zeller was you know pretty good guy. I yeah, mean, it seemed to be. I mean, they said he was he was you know the bringer of all the peaceful tactics and everything they tried to do with mental health at the time uh, in a time that was you know recovering from barbaric uh, situations, right. They even said that as soon as he had died, though, like the happy days were over and the hospital went back to insulin shock therapy. Right. The lobotomies you talked about came back. And then at that time, um, going to the mid of the century, uh, electroconvulsive therapy yeah. was really big. Mm-hmm. And it's like. I know. So, so he had all, he had worked all that to get it away. And they brought it right back. Yeah, they brought it right back. It's, it's fucking so fucked crazy. up. Yeah. It really is. Now, a private owner ran the ghost tours out of the Bowen building for a few years. Prior to that, you had a lot of kids going in there, you know, 20 years plus of, you know, partying and kids. I mean, it's the hangout spot. Exactly. Perfect for ghost stories told for generations. Uh, There was a homeless guy that got into the tunnels and went up into the Bowen building and died in there. Um, You know, so the place has had its share of weird things, death. And, you know, the Indian burial ground stuff on top of it. It's got all the ingredients for a ghost story. But Dr. Zeller did genuinely seem like a good person. No, he's straight up did for his real, best. dude. Yeah, he really did. That's pretty cool. Now, my late wife was really into the paranormal and went on my trips to Bartonville to take a video um, and pictures. Uh, we did that. Uh, went uh, with her a couple of times and and. Got some interesting stuff, I got to say. As skeptical as I am, we could see like faces in some of the windows uh, when we took pictures up there. Some weird purple flare on some of the pictures that didn't seem to make sense with the way the sun was hitting the camera um, over by where the crying tree was. So pretty, pretty crazy shit. Now, I don't know, Joey, did you see the Ghost Hunters episode where they actually went there? Uh I, I haven't seen the whole episode, but I did see the footage, you know, that they had they had, oh, sorry. <laughs> that they had taken, you know, and supposedly old book was uh 
that's who they're going to say, of course. Of course. But they had reasons for why they said it was him. But I, like I said, I didn't see that whole episode, but I did see most of the footage that they had shot. Yeah, they got some weird sounds up in the attic. They got some, it looks like a figure walking the tree line in one of the cemeteries. That's, that's they like think the most prominent book. one. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty creepy. Yeah. I got to give it to them there. But uh, some interesting things. I got friends that I can pay too, man. Right. <laughs> I know. And that's what you wonder with those kind of shows, like how much of it is real. You never know. Right. Um, I remember I had a class one time with a bunch of guys uh, that were from Louisiana. And I was like, oh, man, I love that show Swamp People. And they're like, oh, it's a bunch of bullshit. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? Yeah. They were telling me, like, it's all bullshit. <laughs> it's all, yeah. like, it ain't none of There's that. The, how it's I, done, they dude. said it's so much worse than what they show, yeah. like how it's actually yeah, done, right. that there's no way you could put that shit on a TV. So oh, I, I was like, that. man, you're like telling me, like, there's no Santa. Like, that's fucked up. Right. You know? Because I really used to love that show. I can't watch it anymore. Dude, just, it'll totally it ruin you. It seems dumb, you know? Yeah, but I mean, if it's something that you're really into, it was like, dude, I grew up and I fucking love Creedence, Clearwater Revival. Like, I still love CCR, don't get me wrong. Right. But there was a time somewhere in my in my teens when I found out that these Bayou folk that I've been listening to and loving were actually from Southern California. <laughs> right. And I was like, hold on, that's just like totally... I, I pictured them fucking in alligator farms and shit, you know? And, like, and then uh, to find out where they were from was just a little disheartening. Like I said, it's not yeah. like I don't like the music any less, but it's just one of those it things. You, you get an outline in your head of something, right. and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I was way off. Right? Yeah, and that's Born bullshit. on the Bayou. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. You're right. They did say that. So <laughs> right. they did fucking they straight catfish me. Born on a bike. <laughs> right. So the uh, the Bowen Building tours were closed down about two years ago. Uh, the building is now demolished, unfortunately, the, the Bowen Building. The Pollock Hospital where they do the haunted houses is still there. It's still right. Yeah. As far as I know. The town of Bartonville was really glad to get this fucking thing down because they were sick and tired of the the notor- you know the notoriety of this hospital and all the stigma of it. Uh, the ghost tours, they're just kind of tired of it. A woman I worked with uh, went on one of the tours that I was on, and she had a really fucked up occurrence in one of the rooms. She felt something really cold and yeah. then grab her shoulder, and she turned around and there was nobody there, and she like ran out of the room. Um, and I was in the hallway uh, uh, outside the room she was in, and she came out, and she was like white as a sheet. Right. She was freaked Ghost out. White. She yeah. had something happen to her, but again, I didn't. So, you know, I'm not saying she didn't. I'm just saying that, that I did not. Um, and so uh, when it was known on the tours, and I told her and I told my daughter when we went on our tour because i went through it twice i told them both please don't say anything while we're on the tour that i was in those tunnels because i'm here to enjoy myself right i don't want to have to get up in front of a fucking microphone and talk to the tour about what it's like in the tunnels because when you did the tour you could see one of the tunnel entrances was totally bricked off so you couldn't even get to it the other one had like a metal grating over it, so you could see in it, right? But right. you couldn't go in it. So of course, everybody's like, "Wow, what's that?" You know, like that's going like further. Didn't want Katie to be like, "Dad, weren't you in there?" <laughs> and both of them did it to me. So yeah, so I had to get up there and fucking explain it all, and it's pretty crazy. Um, 
And even uh, when I did the survey there uh, in 95, um, the pictures from our survey were in the museum upstairs uh, from pictures of the tunnels. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, there's one of our pictures. There's another (laughs) one. But uh, they had really cool stuff in that museum. So it was really cool to be a part of it. Um, I mentioned earlier that the reporter, you know, that told me about the fire, you know, from all the reading and, and different things I've done about this place, I've never, never seen ever, anything to back that up. Have I seen up. anything, heard anything, read anything? No, nothing. No. Now, the book I've referenced, 44 Years in Darkness by Sylvia Schultz, is really good. Uh, as we mentioned, it's about Rhoda Derry's story. Uh, if that interests you, go check it out. She's from here in central Illinois. Really nice lady. She's a writer. She's written other books, too. Uh, she did one about demonology, which I, nice. I don't have, but it sounds really interesting. Um, I did an appearance with her a couple times in 2019 at some different libraries and bought her book. She wrote, uh, she signed it and wrote a little inscription for me. Uh, she's, I've heard her guest on a couple of podcasts. She's really informative. She knows a lot about this place. Uh, the one that I liked that I heard called History Goes Bump, episode 94, had her on there. It was very informative. It's like a two-parter, but it was very well done. Uh, pretty PG-13, uh, not like listening to us, but still interesting. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> now, Dr. Zeller wrote a book as well. Um, you can also watch quite a bit of the ghost tour stuff if you like that. On YouTube, there's a lot of it out there. Uh, There's a lot of good stuff on the internet, various websites devoted to telling the story. Um, And you could read all about the same stuff we read. It's out there. It's out there. You got to, it's one of those ones you got to kind of search for shit. Yeah, you got to look around. Um, Plenty of the haunted stuff, though, if that's your thing. Yeah, all kinds of the haunted stuff. Yeah. Uh, The cemeteries are open, so you can go see them. You could go see where Old Book is and where Rhoda is. Um, if you live around here, or if not, you're passing through, go check it out. It's not hard to find. Um, Just you can like find you said, them right Google online. Google Bartonville, that'll be boom. Yeah, and they show, you can get maps where it shows where the hospitals or the cemeteries are, because some of them you have to walk a little way to get to it. But they're all there. You just have to know where to park and where to go in. And you got to watch where you park, because it's these are businesses. Yeah. So you got to look for the signs. Don't park where it says, do not park. Or they'll tow your ass out or ticket you. So, um, And I, I've been told that they're pretty aggressive with it because they get sick of people, especially this time of year, going up there to you know check shit out and just be a pain in the ass. Right. Um, so, you know, if that's your thing, you know, go go take a look. Anything you guys want to add to this story? I think we did pretty all right, man. I don't First know creepy story of October. The only the- thing I have to add is not even anything creepy to do with it, but I was just surprised in my as I was looking it up, uh, Bartonville, which is only like 8,000 people. Right. But Mike Dunn and Jim Tomei both went to school there, which are both Major League Baseball players. Right. Or, or were, you know. Right. And uh, I didn't realize they both went to that high school over there, so that was pretty That's cool. Yeah, cool. Limestone High School. Yep, exactly. Yep. yep. <laughs> Yeah, because there's a lot of limestone there. That's what was. I think the Bowen Building was built of limestone, uh, yeah, right. so it was a very, a very impressive structure at the time. At least when they fixed it uh, after the first version of it didn't work. Now I'm not totally done uh, writing about this place. I have considered, uh, you know, my next novel, 
would be called Dominus, um, which would involve uh, some scenes in this asylum. That would be the third novel I've written that has something to do with that place. Um, and I've always thought I would do it a third one and then that would be it and I'd do something else. So I did write a short story that was in my Creation of Chaos 2 called I Am Dominus, which is the first chapter. So if you're interested in this, you can read that if you like that sort of thing and uh, see what I put a twist on Make it what might have happened at the uh, Peoria State Hospital. Oh, uh, yeah. If some not, shit definitely went crazy. not what really happened. No, <laughs> right. Of course, yeah. I'm also thinking about doing a short story about a grave digger called Digger, but it would be kind of based on old book story, but loosely based. It might even bring a little of the Rhoda story yeah. and make into it into it, one person right? and then have him be the grave digger. Actually make old book an old dude. Not not a yeah, old guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right, not 33. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, remember what I said earlier, though, about mental health? You know, we talked about that. It is a serious thing, and if you know anybody having some issues um, or it's you, uh, reach out and, and help them out. All right? Say something. Don't yeah. be like me and be like, I'm good. Right, because it's not going to help anybody. <laughs> There's a lot of suicide hotlines out there, you know, people to reach out to, um, especially right smoke. now with people more shut in and not getting out like they were. It, it fucks with people, man. Yes, it does. Now, one last thing I wanted to mention about this subject. In June of 1906, Dr. Zeller went to Washington, D.C. to testify about the condition of the state hospitals. Uh, he told them that it, you know about his methods and his experiences. He also compared the mentally ill to, I thought this was interesting, quote, trees in the winter, unquote, meaning that they may be dormant but can be brought back to spring. So... Very interesting way to look at it. Dude, he was pretty uh, progressive for fucking he really back was. in his day for what he was doing. Early dude. 1900s, like, man. That's pretty I impressive fuck shit. I would have thought anybody back then would even give a fuck that much. Right. You know, just like right. treat him yeah. like everybody else. And does. I don't know if they're related, but the founder, if you ever go, next time you're at Avani's, they have the plaque on the wall in the lobby of the founder of, of Avani's. Right. Last name is Zeller. I wonder yeah. if they're related. Because I know it started in the Peoria area. Yeah, we grew up with a guy named Zeller. He was one of our good friends. Yeah, yeah uh, I wonder if there's any relation. So who knows? Uh, the next time, though, we're going to be doing one you brought up, Joey. We're going to be doing an interesting case next week. Yeah, Yuba County 5 out in California. Yeah. Motherfuckers died. <laughs> well, a very, very creepy story. Yeah. Very uncertain of what the hell happened. Five guys mentally challenged, uh, went to a basketball game and never came home. They were just vanished and then are found months later in this fucked up situation in the woods. It's crazy. 1978 in California. So I've been so excited about this one because I just wanted to just sit down and talk about it because it's it's such a weird case it is it, the facts to it aren't really there so there's right. a lot to be left to the imagination which is right. what is so fun for us to do with oh this yeah one. i agree it's going to be a good discussion okay, i'm sure right. between the three of us here um so we'll talk about that next week so uh, it'll keep the creep factor going in october so all right well we've done our fair share of murder tonight i think i hear that fucking train coming in some 
music, CK ready to throw down some metal knowledge. So, Joey, what do we need to do? Let's get our metal on! Known the world over as the master of metal, the crusher of posers, and murder metal mayhem's knower of all things metal, hailing from Wild Man Street in Danbury, Connecticut, standing at six feet of brutal punishing madness, Weighing in at 220 pounds of poser pulverization. The one, the only, toughest bastard on the planet, Chris C.K. Comex! Motherfucker! What's up, dude? <laughs> What's up? Fucking hey, man, doing that Tuesday thing. Got Joey in here with us, of yes, course. Yes, sir. And uh, we are all ready for some metal tonight. We just got creeped out in the insane asylum and the creepy tunnels and the patients gouging their eyes out. And gouging my eyes out crazy with my fingernails. <laughs> so, not, not, nothing new. Nothing new. <laughs> nothing new, right? So uh, we're here talking to you, and uh, of course we're in metal. And that means uh, we got some good metal to, to bestow upon our listeners. You picked a good one, fits the theme of the month, and a band I don't know a whole lot about, but I do like. So, what's up with the? I don't. I don't, I don't think. I don't think too many people know too much about this band. I mean, they have a cult following, but yeah, uh, they're out of they're out of England. Another they're UK a, band, man. Another UK band. That's two in a row. Were they on the same label as your Lost Classic? Uh no no I was trying I couldn't no. remember I was like were they both on oh, yeah. no because you're, <laughs> oh, so, you're, 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 you're thinking Southern Lord right yeah 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 no well they're on they're on a Doom label they were on a Doom label right but, um no that's what I was curious yeah Southern Lord yeah. I, I couldn't remember if they put out a CD on there or not yeah it would, it would make it would make sense right but um the band I'm talking about is Orange Goblin hell yeah nice out of England. And um, they formed in 1995, so they've been around for 25 years. And I don't think a lot of people wow. realize that this band has been around that long. Um, but um, they um, formed in 95, and they originally were a five-piece. Um, and shit, I lost my notes. Hold on. Uh-oh. Don't lose shit. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> they, they went blank. Um, so they formed in 1995. Originally, they were called Our Haunted Kingdom. Huh. And, and Laura's trying to take a picture. Hold on. Ha. <laughs> oh, a true professional just works through it, man. Right, you just deal with it, man. <laughs> she's, she's, getting, she's, getting, she's getting pissed because I'm not looking up. Uh -oh. I'm looking at my nose. Damn it, I'm reading, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you should see us here. We're passing the phones around, posing for pictures. Joey's playing games with fucking action, action figures, figures on the table. Shit. Passing the phones. <laughs> I got a second Dominus coming. I won it Do in a contest. I got two of them now, so... I have tunnel vision lately, so I got I got to I got to concentrate on what I'm doing. Oh no, I hear you, dude. Understandable. Uh, I'm an alcoholic, so you know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, McCormick. Um. Yeah, they they were the original five. They're original five guys, 
And they're still the original band minus one member. Um, so the original band was Ben Ward, Joe Hoare, Hoare, Hoare. Martin Millard, Chris Turner, and Pete O'Malley. And Pete O'Malley's the one who left after a couple albums. But it's been the same band for 25 years. So, you know. That's pretty amazing. That I didn't think they'd been around that long. That's interesting. Yeah, they were, um, they've been around forever. Like I said, they were originally Our Haunted Kingdom. They originally released a seven inch with Electric Wizard. We discussed. We discussed. Yeah, well, those we guys. did Electric right. Wizard, right? Um, so they did a, a seven inch split with them on Rise Above Records, and they were eventually signed on Rise Above Records, which is a quote doom label, or is considered a doom label. But um, they released their first three albums, which were. Orange Goblin, Frequencies from a from Planet 10, Time Traveling Blues, and The Big Black um, were more in the, more kind of like a, a stoner, doom, space rock kind of vibe to them. Okay. Um, and then after that, they kind of, for for like, um, the next album, like Coupe de Gras and, 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 albums after that they kind of put like a, a more of a hard rock punk rock element to it while keeping the 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 doom vibe going okay i was wondering um, if ck was reading off wikipedia with that coup de gras yeah <laughs> nice that was a phrase Girl no. stark weather that's yeah. hilarious dude <laughs> coup de gras <laughs> um no <laughs> But um, no. Eventually, they they formed their own label, Mind Records, and um, released um, the next albums, which were um, um, Healing Through Fire, a Eulogy for the Dam, and Back from the Abyss, and The Wolf Bites Back, all on their own label. So um, th those albums are kind of different from the from the first couple albums. Like I said, they have more of a, more of a punk, tinge to them, mm -hmm. with um, a, a stoner doom metal thing, and then I actually dig it a lot. Um, because what a lot of doom metal bands do is, they stick to, the doom thing, and, and pretty much after like a couple albums, I love doom. Don't get me wrong. Just gets a little doom. Yeah, I can't. I can't like, listen but, to it in big doses. But you know, unless you change things around a little, and and it's just you know, the same album over and over again. Start to think out of the box a little about the genre. It could kind of get lame, right? So I could see why people, you know, experiment, don't dig the genre try some as much. shit, right? Um, you know, Sabbath. Hey, your uh, pizza rolls are done, bro. <laughs> 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 yeah, I just got a I just got a message on the um, high Mac. <laughs> so your pizza rolls those. are still they're they're not done. They're yet. not done. <laughs> th th thanks anyway. <laughs> um, but they're they're this year they are um. Well, it's supposed to be the twenty fifth anniversary, and obviously they couldn't really right do anything. Unfortunately, they got that live as, album know, that came out. And that's only available on Bandcamp. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, 
digital only Bandcamp. I don't believe it's on any other streaming platform. That's crazy. Dude. So Bandcamp. I thought I listened to it on YouTube Music. I thought you might have. That's where I think I saw it. Oh, maybe maybe it is available, but I know it's it's it was originally only available on Bandcamp. Huh. Um, that was that was the big thing. But um, unfortunately, they can't really tour at this point because of yeah, I, the fucking COVID. But um, yeah, yeah, they're a little band that I heard about years ago. It, I still dig today, and you know, all their stuff is has been released and re-released. So if you're looking for physical copies, they are available on Amazon and right. anywhere cool. else you buy your physical. That's cool. Um, get stream on uh, streaming. On any platform, streaming platforms that you have, they're available. So yeah, definitely check them out. Um, Orange Goblin, very cool. And uh, what about this Lost Classic you got for us? Yeah, Cashman seems to know who yeah. they now, are. Now, I can't understand why this album never got huge. Do you 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 do you, do you agree with me, Joe? Yeah, I now it's a. I, I get what you're saying. Like on a mainstream level, like it got no play really. But to all my friends that are really into the doom scene and all that stuff, it's it's a pretty big album. So it's no, it's known, but probably in smaller circles. Yeah, which which the the album's called Probot, and what it was was it it was a it was a project Dave Grohl put together because he was he grew up as a metalhead slash um, hardcore punk kid. Yeah, and he loves like. All the stuff that, that, you know, we dig, you know, Venom, Trouble, King Diamond, Motorhead, Voivod. So what he, what he wanted to do was put together an album and write songs specifically for the vocals of those bands. Okay. So he wrote, you know, a tune that fit Lemmy, let's say. A tune that fit um, Eric Wagner from Trouble. A tune that that sounded like Venom, something Kronos would sing. Right. A tune that King Diamond would sing. And he recorded all the music himself and had them lay their vocals down. Oh, cool. Um, it, it came out on Southern Lord Records in 2004. And I, this actually I sounds sure. very familiar to me now. I don't, I, yeah, I'm not familiar with this at all, but it sounds very intriguing. It, it's a great album. Yeah. I mean, he, he did a great job, and you know, he paid, his his goal is to pay tribute to these people that you know he idolized growing up. And, so does and he just play drums on it, or does he play he all does, the instruments? No, he, all he, the play, instruments? he does. Oh wow, all, all the instruments. Oh my god. Okay. He does all of it, and everybody else. He they he just has the vocals for the other people laid out the vocals. Wow. But um, it was on Southern Lord Records. It came out in two thousand four. Um. I, I thought it was. It's sad amazing. that 2004 makes it classic, though. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Well, sh- well, shit, something two years ago could be a classic. Oh, right. right. I'm just saying. Think about yeah. old cars and shit. Like, that car's a classic. Oh, yeah. Like, 20, oh, fuck. 20 years. Now, speaking of classics and just a shitty thing, I mean, 2020 has been a bitch, but another. Oh, God. Another big mile or, you know, icon in, in rock or metal. Uh, is gone, CK. Um, fucking Eddie Van Halen died. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. Um, you know, love him, love Van Halen or hate Van Halen, like Van Van Hagar or 
Yeah. What, whatever version you like or love, you cannot deny that this guy reinvented what you could do with the guitar. I agree. You know, to, to me, there's like two huge icons that stand above everybody else in that regard. Hendrix and, and Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's a shame, you know, another fucking cancer. thing that cancer took away. Yeah, you know? throat cancer, dead at 65. So very, and very spo- surprising. Supposedly it, it spread to his brain yeah. and other places. And um, he passed away this morning. So wow. um, yeah, it's like no. seen that and I was like, fuck, here we go. Yeah, yeah. it's fucked up to see it. So, you know. All right, well, it's definitely uh, sad to see it go, but I want to talk about some shit that we've been jamming, so we're going to play that song oh, yeah. you know, that we always play right onslaught. when we get ready to do this, a little onslaught, so hang tight. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Six, six, fucking six, and that music means we're going to talk about what the fuck we've been listening to, Chris. What about Um, you, man? What you been jamming lately? I've been coming, thanks to our homeboy Jake, he got me turned on to fucking Shadow of Intent, but that was a while ago, but I've been listening to them again, the uh, album Primordial from 2016. I fucking dig that album. That first track, there's just that chunky-ass guitar part, but and uh, I've been listening to that and fucking... uh, some old ass polka dot cadaver again because oh, they just cool. had that shit. They had some shit with uh some label or something. They couldn't fucking uh the album uh Purgatory Dance Party. They weren't able to do shit with it, so you weren't able to listen to it nowhere. And I guess something happened recently. They're able to put it out and do whatever they want oh, with it. Oh, that's now, cool. Which is fucking that album's fucking badass. I love that album, man. Fuck yeah, man. Joey, what about you, dude? Uh I bet I've been listening to a lot of my own stuff because I'm recording right now he just played me some nasty shit that he's been working with some yeah, people on too. yeah i've been working on a lot of different shit so i've been listening to that but um for cd wise every time i write now i just try to listen to cds albums i consider masterpiece front to back i can listen to love so the two that i've been listening to the most um pungent stench bent yeah. caught buttering which i fucking love that album, album yeah. yeah fucking that that was like the epitome of German sickness to me right. at that time, way back then. Yeah, spun, Nuclear blast, right. yeah. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And then uh, <laughs> I've been listening to fucking uh, Defeated Sanity, Psalms of the Morbid, which is just fucking brutal as shit from uh, California. Hell yeah, okay. man! Right, dude. Defeated Sanity. What about you, shit. CK? Um, I just got the um, Bear Mace from. Um, oh hell yeah, Mark. Nice. Um, Did you listen to fu- it? It's fucking killer. Yeah, I'm digging that. You hear go, some uh, bolt thrower when you hear that? Yeah, I actually do. That's um, cool. That's what I def- thought too. No, def- definitely something a little bit different than than what's coming out right now. You know, old, oh, yeah. old school death metal. So it's good stuff. Um, I've been going back to some classic bands like Overkill. Fucking um, right, dude. A band called Satan's Host. I, w- I was just also listening to fucking a lot of Exodus the past few days because. I just listened to this uh, podcast with an interview with Gary Holt, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna. I need to hear some fucking Exodus." Gary dude. Holt's a fucking beast, man. That's awesome. 
Very cool. Anytime I hear the name Gary Hull, I think of the ultimate revenge. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Paul, right? Where Paul Beloff goes, Gary Hull, 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 guitar. I've been jamming that live orange goblin, uh, really digging that, Hell and yeah. the bear mace, too. That's some good shit. And we're going to be doing an interview with one of the guys from Bear Mace. They're out of Chicago. Uh, that'll be coming up here in a couple of weeks. So. Keep your ears open for that one. That should be kick-ass. So, like CK said, old-school death metal uh, reminds me of some old bolt thrower, and I have the mood strikes. I want to jam some old bolt thrower, put that stuff on. So these guys remind me of that. So incinerate though i got my new shirt yeah, uh ck shirt. i fucking love that, that, shirt, that album kills too yeah i love the shirt uh ck you got the cd and it's yep. fucking i'm sure it's brutal it it, it is brutal for sure yeah because they um, they teased us with the one song and then yep. how many songs <laughs> are on it nine i think ten. nine ten okay and it's fucking crushing then it crushes yeah it, awesome. it, if, if you like that one song it's pretty much, you know, similar as bru- as brutal as that as that one song. Awesome. So they didn't get all like you know like playing some like bluegrass or something like <laughs> no, that. I like bluegrass, man. <laughs> no. Nothing like against bluegrass. it, but not what I'm expecting. <laughs> no. Uh, so we're gonna have the singer Jesse uh, from the band co-hosting a murder segment with us uh, yeah, dude, next month. That's fun, gonna be dude. fun. Uh, gonna do some murder in Minnesota, Chris. Fuck yeah. That uh, weepy, what's the <laughs> weepy eye the killer? Weepy, well, I, no, the weepy voice. The weepy killer. Weepy killer. Voiced yeah. killer. <laughs> we should have a. a I'd said, I said weepy eye because I was thinking about fucking uh, uh, goddamn drifter guy with the eye. Oh, Henry. Henry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry Lee Lucas. That's why I said weepy eye. <laughs> he had a glass eye and it watered a lot. <laughs> but yeah, all the weepy voiced killer, definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. an interesting one. We should have a match between him and the screen door intruder. But that's what's weepy cool. Voice yeah, killer for sure. The screen door but that's what's cool is we're going to do, for that episode, we're going to do a few different Minnesota. Yeah, uh, it's not uh, just going to be him. Yeah, no, yeah, not just him. Yeah. There's a few good ones. So yeah, but weepy voice will definitely oh, be Oh yeah, there. for sure. <laughs> definitely. So that's going to be sick. So CK, I think we've done plenty of metal tonight uh, what the fuck do we need to do man we're gonna get our mayhem eyes having prophesized play to false idols blind leading the blind in the afterlife torture and torment no mercy no pride sacred genocide rise up song to Satan your mother's curse you have Looking to spice up a birthday party? How about Pee Wee's Bouncy House for a little twist to a teenager who needs more than balloon animals and lame magicians pulling scarves from a hat? Who doesn't want a little tickle on their butthole now and then? Hey, you guys did my brother-in-law's birthday last year and two of my teenage nieces came up missing. I mean, I don't want you motherfuckers anywhere near my house. I'm not sure what happened to your nieces, but I'm sure they had the time of their lives. They may have ended up taking a little midnight dip in the swamp with the gators after old Pee-wee got done with them. <laughs> He's a fun guy. Call 800-PEE-WEE-MY-BUTT today and get on our busy spring schedule. We do birthdays, bar mitzvahs, and even weddings. No butthole is sacred with Pee-wee. 
<laughs> no I couldn't remember who did that. It was you and me. That's hilarious, man. We're going to do some new commercials no too, CK, when we get together next weekend. So cool. that'll be whole bar mitzvah. We got some good ones. I have a couple of good ones in mind, actually, for uh, commercials to do. So, all right, very good. Well, we are in mayhem, guys, and we know mayhem. Some crazy shit tends to go down, and uh, Joey. Uh, of course, we just played Orange Goblin, a cut from the live one, yeah. uh, for Sons of Salem, good shit. Fucking right. And also our commercial for Pee Wee's Bouncy House. Yes. But Joey, right. you said you've got a I little mean, story for Mayhem. Yeah, so. I had a story, and it's not so much Mayhem, really. It's just, you know, 2020 has been rough, and, you know, those of us that love the music and stuff, obviously, this is the first time all of a sudden you just can't go to shows and you can't do right. all the shit. Everything's and right. rocked. Like, that's all we got, you know? So, uh, you know, I thought I'd tell a story about one of my favorite experiences that I've ever had at a show. Okay. Which is pretty wild. But um, uh, back at Full Terror 2. Ah. So this is like, you know, what, uh, fucking six years ago. Yeah, five, something like remember. that. It was something. <laughs> so the second year of Full Terror, it was the fucking definitely the hottest. They did it earlier. They did it in August instead of September. And, I mean, we were, the temperatures were just fucking beast. But um, on the second night, like, all these badass bands are playing that night, so everybody's fucking, you know, everybody's getting ready, getting ready to party. To fucking throw right. down Me and, and my shit. buddy, yeah. uh, he's, he had a, a record company called Nail Jar Records, and he had his, his booth set up down there, and I was helping him sling his shit. Right, right. So we were all hanging out down there, and, you know, all these bands are coming up we want to see we're getting excited so it's like oh hell yeah we're gonna drop some acid and shit you know <laughs> fucking everybody's gonna get wild for the night and all of a sudden you could tell you know the storms rolling in the so, weather changes right, right. Dro- the temperature drops not only okay. that i know in about fucking 10 15 minutes everybody's brain's gonna be incoherent <laughs> so i'm like okay so i'm like first things first we need to pack all this shit up and just get it put in the van yeah you know otherwise it's fucked right otherwise it's fucked so i'm like taking shit out of my pockets <laughs> I'm, I'm boxing up dude I, I remember just asking where's the lids where's the lids and it became a running joke so i'm looking for the lids for all the cd all, cases right. and people are just like what are you looking for i'm like i'm looking for I'm the, looking where's for the, the fucking lid. Yeah, so it became a running joke. But anyway, so I get all this shit hey, I packed want a lid. up. Yeah, huh? I want to live. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, so we get all this shit packed up. I get it all put away. It's like cool. Now everybody can act a fool, whatever. Dude, this storm comes in and it's fucking brutal as shit. Oh, and God. Like, I, I think Belfagor was playing. Right. Pretty positive. That's who it when, was. Yeah, I think that's Some what you oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, and all of a sudden this fucking storm comes oh, rolling. Wow. In. So we're like, holy shit! So we fucking take off, and you know the the trip's starting to kick in and shit. <laughs> so we're already like there. So we head back up to the campsite and shit. And Chris, you've been there before oh, yeah. at Hograck. So at that time, we were camping up right over that fucking hill, like right off the main stage. Yeah, so dude, that's that, a big fucking hill. Yeah, too. that thing was fucking <laughs> that was brutal. A big hill. So we're walking, <laughs> we're walking up there, and I mean, we ain't got flashlights or nothing. It's starting to rain, and it's just whenever the lightning flashes, you see anything. You know oh, what I'm saying? Wow. So you're just kind of walking. We made it back to the fucking campground. I'm thinking night's done you know what i'm saying it's fucking storm right. and there was only a few more bands left anyway they're gonna like, fucking drop them yeah like, like holy shit this shit's ridiculous so we're up there like huddled under our fucking our our awning we got like canopy or whatever set up right at our fucking site and 
dude, the water is just coming down, and you see the buckling. And fucking everything's falling, dude. Tents are washing away. Oh, We're sitting. We, we have like five of us with one light on this fucking picnic table up under oh, this wow. canopy that's fucking falling, like smoking bowls and shit. Like, and so I'm sitting there. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. And all of a sudden, I just turned around and walked off. And I'm taking off, and I'm walking through the fucking dude, wherever. Fucking as dude, it is pouring, and I, I have no idea where I'm at. I'm just fucking wandering around, and there's lightning everywhere, and I'm so fucked up. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, fucking lightning, get me now, fucking do it, you know? I was like, if you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it now. So anyway, like, I don't know how long I'm wandering around for by myself, but all of a sudden, like, and I had no path, like, right? I was just wandering, and all of a sudden, I fucking came up on the side of the small stage. And fucking Origin was there, and they were fucking playing oh. in this fucking this storm. In the storm, in the yeah. storm. We and played I'm watching, with them at one of those Central Illinois Metal dude, Fest. Dude, fucking Holy amazing, shit. And brutal. It, and it was like they were taking the the power of the storm and, and feeding off that nice. for what they were doing. And I'm like, any other band would probably been like, "Fuck this!" And these guys were like, "No, hell no, we came out here." And that was one of the most amazing things I ever saw in my life. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, and then. I, I remember like fucking because it was so hot. So whenever that fucking that rain came, right, it was actually like really Humid, soothing, refreshing. Yeah, it was refreshing. So I remember fucking sitting up there just out of my mind at the front of the stage after Origin was done, being like Midwest cleansing. That's what, <laughs> and I'm yelling all this shit, and I'm telling Origin how amazing they are. And then I turned around and looked around, and no one else was there except me. And I'm like, oh, okay, shit. so I just look like a fucking idiot. But, but then after that, fucking Midwest dying, cleansing, yeah, and then Dying Fetus played after that, and they played oh. on the big stage, and then. So all this rain had created a huge ass mud fucking pit. mud pit, oh, and dude, damn. it was just all night. Everybody's that had fucking to be sick. dude moshing in that fucking mud. Everybody's fucking you know tackling each other, and I mean the night just went on. But I remember so I fucking hit my buddy Montez like fucking pile drived him and fucking mud all over the place. So I remember I fucking wandered off to the showers at some point in the night, like three in the morning after the band's played, and I remember taking a shower. In, in one of these fucking, you know, campground, campground stalls. Right? Hour, yeah. With my fucking clothes on. You know, I got these fucking... I, I mean, it's just a t-shirt and these fucking camo shorts, but trying to get all this mud out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, sure. and, and I remember, so I take off, and then it started to get humid again after all that, you know, oh, towards, sure. towards yeah, the morning. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, I still feel like shit. So I went back probably at like 5 in the morning took another shower. <laughs> so, you know, that was the night. But the one thing that happened after that, too, I mean, that was an amazing night. There's nothing. Right, right. That'll go down as dude, one of the best and things I ever saw. in a storm yeah. fucking, yeah, dude. Yeah. But the funniest <laughs> thing was, okay, so by the time the sun came up the next morning, everybody's getting their, their bearings and getting ready for the, the last day or whatever. Lo and behold, I fucking touched my pocket. What's in there? My fucking cell phone. Oh, the it, whole it made it through the mud, all the showers, all that shit. I said, "You got that was the thing that I thought I took out of my pocket first. Right. Well, apparently, I never did. So I'm fucking taking showers with that motherfucker. And, yeah, and I took it and I fucking set it on the fucking uh, the oh, dashboard damn. of the van for that day. And I mean, it was fucking hundred degrees, no bullshit. Right. That motherfucker dried out and it worked after. That. <laughs> yep, that's I remember funny. that. And then you got that's ran over funny. in Chicago, but that's a whole other story. Dude, I saw John Langstrom, who's the 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 drummer for Origin. Right. But I saw him play with Hate Eternal 
uh, recently here in Bloomington, they them and Campbell Corpse played. Right. And I, right. I I'm just looking at him fucking uh, whenever he was fucking you know unloading his shit, fucking putting his stuff away, and uh, I was like, hey man, full terror. When you guys played in the storm, I was on a head full of ass, and this shit fucking blew me away. I just wanted you to know that. Nice. And he just looked at me, and he was like, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So anyway, we're missing awesome. a bunch of shows in 2020. So yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's, no, that's good. good reminiscing of a show, about it. Yeah, that's that. a good that's one. That's awesome, dude. That is a good one. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you know what it's time for now, man. We've been talking about it. It's the finale, baby. The finale of Hell Coming. It's been four weeks of brutality. Tag teams crushing each other in the steel cage. Fuck yeah. All brought to you by fucking nuts, man. Fucking nuts is fucking amazing. Fucking nuts. nuts you getting it in with that peanut butter, man. Eat the whole jar. We've been talking about it. We've been eating this stuff. Joey, which... Uh, I, I got this... Uh, I got the cookie... The cookie dough kind. Okay, you that's got about the, cookie dough. All right. And what that, about you, Chris? I got that motherfucking monster cookie. Baby. You got monster cookie. What and you I got, got out there, Danbury CK? Yeah. What do you got? I got I got some oh, white oh, chocolate, nice. man. and I got nuts about cookies and cream. This stuff oh, is yeah. fucking incredible. So thanks to the guys at Folkin' Nuts for sponsoring the uh, Hell Coming contest. And Me and Earl Gray lost first week, sadly. So you guys did, but it you was still dope. It was fun. <laughs> Yeah, it was good, and then Chris lost in the second week. Yeah, sorry, Rebecca. My bad, dude. And then me and CK tied last week, which was crazy. <laughs> so, CK, here it is. Tonight, we are going to be going at it, and we're going to put a little twist on this. So here's how it's going to work. I think we do our fun match first, and then we and do the... And then we'll the, get down to the... Lo- I, like so, I like that. All right, so tonight, we're going to do this kind of like how we typically do a killer cage match. So tonight, we haven't done one for a few weeks. We haven't, no, so I'm kind of itching. This, so yeah. And we're going to make this interesting, because tonight we got H.H. Holmes and William Devin Howell going up against Master Blaster himself, Joe Matheny, <laughs> and his sidekick, <laughs> Jennifer San Marcos. What a crazy fucking match. So to make this more interesting, what we talked about in our pre-show meeting is I'm going to have each one of you give me a number, one through, let me make sure I got 70 on it. Yep, one through 70. So CK, you go first and give me a number, and that'll be one of the objects. Okay, um... 69. 69. Fuck my fucking number. <laughs> uh, a pet rock. <laughs> a pet a rock. Pet rock. <laughs> All right, so we got a pet rock in the cage with these guys. Chris, what about you, dude? Uh, 23. 23. Jordan. 23 <laughs> is a glass Coca-Cola bottle. That could get interesting. Joey, what about you? A glass you? full of Coke. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, I'm going to take number... Let's go with number seven. Number seven is a leather belt. I mean, that's sexy. <laughs> that <laughs> that's is. hot as fuck. <laughs> so we got a leather belt, a pet rock, and a glass Coca-Cola bottle. And then, CK, why don't you give me a number one through uh, 15. No, give me a number one through five. I got a special list here that's funny. <laughs> three. three. Variable. Number three. Number three. Is Crazy Mike wearing only tassels on his nipples after <laughs> drinking a fifth of Jack Daniels? This fight's over. <laughs> no, that's it. No, nope. <laughs> that fight's over, dude. <laughs> so, what do you Daniels guys think? Wins. What do you think, guys? Is is Crazy Mike going to be of any use after drinking a fifth? No, 
No. No, I'd be like me drinking like <laughs> He might be a good distraction. Right. He might, might just pass out and fall yeah. down, I'm thinking. <laughs> I th- I think I'll be dog to the pet rock. That's possible. There you go. There you go. That's possible. So what do you guys think, man? I mean we got William Devin Howell and H. H. Holmes. But man, Joe Matheny with Jennifer San Marcos on his shoulders yeah. is going to be tough to beat. Man. That's who I'm going with, 1,000%. Oh, that's, I'm yeah. going with that. That's Dude, mine. that is a fucking dominating fucking form that is, right there. That is. I can't argue with it. CK, what do you think? You think Holmes? I'm going with H.H. H. Holmes and, and then oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All Wild card. Very All right. Good. Yeah, he's All going right. down. I don't know. I just feel like Matheny and San Marco are just out there to kill, dude. I yeah, mean, I, I don't think the objects are going to do much good in this case. I don't Not think really. Joe Matheny needs one. No, um, and even if you come at him with a belt or anything like that, he's just going to fucking body smash Because it. it's not yeah. like the belt's going to fit around his waist. Right. <laughs> it's like, what do I need that for? <laughs> Dude, William Devin Howell was a pretty stocky guy, but Holmes is pretty small. So yeah, he's tiny. I don't so, know. It's, a, it's an interesting contest. So, so yeah. Ho- Ho- Holmes is quick, so he could grab that belt and um, start training yeah, I don't shit. I don't think he can. I don't know. It's, I don't think it's up can. for that debate. You know, what, you know what else I could see is Joe Matheny drinking with Crazy Mike. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. they're just wasted <laughs> together. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Crazy Mike will hook up with Jennifer San Marcos. That would be you know? pretty bad. Yeah. You know, take some titty shots. You know, he so, so he, either way, he's, he's a distraction. Yeah, either way, he's, he's a, a distraction. distraction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you, then I see so, why you got Holmes and fucking Al. All right, so, all right. There you go. I, so so H.H. H. Holmes and William. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jennifer, you know about California. They got nudist speeches there, right? <laughs> So, all right. So tonight we've got our two listeners, and they are going to be waiting here with bated breath because the way this works is we came up with 32 serial killer killers, whatever, bad motherfuckers. We've got it down to two tag teams, so four of them in total, going up against each other. And the way this works is we base it on the temperature in Hayworth, Illinois, right now. If it's an odd number, then the first team wins. So H.H. H. Holmes and William Devin Howell. If it's an even number, it's Joe Matheny and Jennifer San Marcos. So, Chris, what time is it in Hayworth right what now? What time is it? I'm sorry. What temperature <laughs> it is. Temperature. Thank you. I was not wrong this time. He was. You were Fuck not. Yeah. I was wrong. It is don't, don't confuse him, Pete. According to my phone, 64, 64 degrees. Master Blaster. Is an even Master number. Blaster. So Joe Matheny and Jennifer San Marcos win. And with them, this is how it works. I, they were my number one pick. Nice. I picked Joe Matheny and Jennifer San Marcos, so I get a one. CK picked them to be his third, so I beat CK because my number is lower than his. So, ah, uh, so shit. I'm, I'm, I'm number three two. To one. <laughs> so that means Chris from Flowery Branch, Georgia, is the winner. Gorse oh, Love Hell coming. Gorse Very Bond. cool. Of course, Nihilus Jello is in second place. Bit did a fine job. Hell He's yeah, going to get some you, amazing prizes. All, playing, the good, yeah. all four of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah Rebecca, uh, no. Earl Cox from Pontiac, Rebecca yeah. from Wisconsin Rapids. All four were great. Yeah, and thank and, you for like uh, keep like keeping it up, talking about it on the fucking Facebook page yeah, and all that shit, dude. Like that made it like fun. It up. It's like you guys are talking about, it and I'm just like, oh, yeah. I'm just sitting here. Thank you for that. Yeah. The actual participation was awesome. Right. Yeah, I. I 
I agree wholeheartedly. I think it's fun. And, and, uh, and of course, uh, Folk and Nuts, again, thanks to Brandon and everybody there for doing this. Uh, we appreciate the peanut butter. is fantastic. So folkandnuts.com if you want to pick man. up some of this stuff. It is really amazing. And we'll link to that in the episode description, of course. And uh, they're going to be sending out some contest uh, prizes to each of the four, a full uh, large, a large jar, jar and a small, small jar. And then each of the contest winners are getting Murder Metal Mayhem stuff. Um, of course, Chris, he wins the contest, so he gets the most stuff. He gets the T-shirt, the Murder Metal Mayhem activity book, oh, my sure court, uh, Creation of Chaos 2, uh, Koozie, the uh, Hell Coming poster signed, and some stickers. And, and the grand prize, hang Chris. out with us and talk with us, dude. So Woo! it's gonna be fucking yeah, fun. Yeah, Murder dude. Metal Mayhem uh, co-host spot with us and a murder segment. We'll let him pick the topic. And so, Chris, you're gonna get to do that with us. That's gonna be really fun. We'll do that via Messenger or Skype or something like that. And so that's awesome. And again, uh, Nihilist uh, Jello, Rebecca, and Earl, you guys were awesome. And Thanks everybody gets some good shit. Man. And I'm going to be sending those out this week. So by the time this episode is live, the uh, the prizes should be on the way or very close to on the way. And I'll send you all tracking so you'll know where it's at. So, all right. Well, very good. Yeah. Uh, we've done plenty of fucking mayhem tonight. So let's hit that outro, guys. Yeah. Badass. Bear Mace, let crack the whip. Some killer death metal from Chicago. Chicago. Chi-Town, baby, represent. Hell yeah. CK, uh, you got the new one and you're digging on it, huh? It rips. Yeah. It kills. And how cool is it? The artist that did the cover's name is Altieri. Matt Altieri yeah, from uh, Massachusetts. As far as I know, not related to me, but love that album he, art, man. He's probably like a third cousin, fourth removed. Could be. That's could what be. I feel about Brian Cashman. <laughs> I'm like, I bet that dude's related to me somewhere down the line. Somewhere down the line. Like, come on, I don't even got that name. Shit. All right, the bumper music tonight, guys, by Orange Goblin Slayer and Bear Mace. And uh, Chris, who does CK's intro music? Very good, Joey. Our uh, Murder Metal Mayhem intro. Low fucking 12. Nice. And CK, who sings fucking and provides the 6-6 fucking 6 music? The one and only Onslaught out of England. Nice. Nice. Thanks to Folk and Nuts one last time for being a sponsor of Hell Coming. Go to their website, order some of their stuff, folkandnuts.com. Eat the whole jar. And I'm going to I'm going to get a hold of those guys, see if they want to keep on advertising on Murder Metal Mayhem. So see what happens. It's really dude. cool. I'll fucking 
promote their shit because it's good. Yeah, you know, it yeah. is really like good. A, I know I won't talk shit something good about something I don't like. No, God that's, damn, that shit's I wouldn't even fire, approach dude. them if I didn't like it. Shit's yeah. fucking no, it's fire. good stuff. Yeah, and I'm picky with my peanut butter. So yeah, it's good stuff. And speaking of good stuff, Joey, Spellbound Effects and Art dot com. I mean, that's some pretty gross, gory shit. Yeah, just in time for Halloween, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter. I mean, fuck, any time of the year. Any time is time for Spellbound. Give a, a severed baby. Head to your right. cousin or something. What time is is the dude, wrong the fucking, time to do that? <laughs> like we said before, the fucking details impeccable, dude. Yeah, the fucking veins that you can see that. Yeah, like it's, it's fucking so realistic. Though. Like Ed Gein was in the kitchen whipping this shit up. So <laughs> Spellbound Effects and Art again, our all time sponsor. Thank you, Tony. You're the shit, man. Yeah. Uh, thanks to everybody listening out there. We keep seeing those numbers rolling in. We appreciate everyone out there checking out the show. I mentioned the other day on our Facebook page that it was National Podcast Day, and yeah, I asked our so listeners yeah. if they had anything to share about their love for murder, metal mayhem, and we had a few spout right. off. So, Chris, who's the first one there? Our fucking good-ass friend, Stephanie Reskinoff, says, uh, who doesn't like serial killers and metal? The way the podcast is set up, it makes you feel like you're having a good conversation with friends. You guys always crack me up. And as always, Stephanie, thank you for your support. You've been yeah. there a thank long you. time, and yeah, you're, you're awesome. a huge fan, and I fucking love that shit, dude. Yeah, thank she you. went up to Shakers with her sisters, and then she sent CK that hell shirt yeah. that was cool yeah. as hell, man. Yeah, I, lo- I, lo- I love hell that yeah. shirt. I love it, was, that. it was awesome. So yeah. thank you very much, Stephanie. She thanks for your support. Really shit. Joey? Next one, uh, Rebecca Boomsack, who uh, Chris was playing for. Yeah, sorry, Rebecca, <laughs> but yeah, she commented, "I love the podcast because it's murder, metal, and mayhem." Fucking Fuck right, yeah. dude. Saws all. Well said. Well said. Do- doesn't get any better than that. CK, what's the third one there, bud? Roger Smith said, "I love the podcast because the guys and their personality because of the guys and their personalities. It's pretty dope, if you ask me." Thank you, Roger, dude. <laughs> I, I cool. like it. Hell yeah, Very Roger. cool. And Samantha Reinhardt, a friend from back in the low 12 days, she used to play bass in a couple bands we jammed with. So she commented, the podcast has more details than the show on TV, shows on TV. So that's cool. I mean, hell, yeah, get fuck, more I info didn't... listening to us fucking morons talking about it. Hell yeah, thank you, Samantha. So yeah, thank Thanks. you very much, Samantha. Those are very nice to say. So... Don't forget to check out MurderMetalMayhem.com. Listen to all our episodes, except, of course, the bonus shit. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I mean, listen to the bonus shit. Listen to the bonus but shit. But go to the 6-6 Club to do so. That's right. That's right. what I was going to tell yeah. them. you got to join that 666 Club. Three bucks a month, Patreon.com slash MurderMetalMayhem. And you get the bonus stuff like the Dahmer episode we did, Joey. I bet a lot of people that listen to us have not heard right. us do it. And it's bonus, a full, full, full episode. episode, all Dahmer, all Non-stop. the time. And you can only hear it if you're a member of that 666. And we're about to do Ramirez. Yeah, we got Ramirez coming up, which is going to be sick. Et cetera. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. Nice. So, so, yeah, so go to that episode description. We'll link to the 666 Club. Helps us out and uh, heaps uh, paying the bills here uh, because it uh, does cost money to do this, uh, and we appreciate the help. Uh, check out us uh, Check us out on Amazon Music. Now we're on there. Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, iTunes, and more. Leave comments wherever you listen. I can't say that enough. 
because that gives us, uh, you know, moves us up the food chain. Rate us. All that stuff means a lot. Um, yeah, just right takes now, a minute. I'm a piece of cheese. I'm trying to be the lion. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so support the show and leave comments and shit if you can. Go to PeteAltieri.com if you want to pick up one of my books. You can get them on Amazon, but if you get them from me, I'll give you a signed poster and bookmark with every one. One of them horror-type novels. That's right. <laughs> yeah. horror-type novel. I'm actually working on another horror-type novel right now. Hell yeah. Creation of Chaos 3. I got some sick stories. Uh, got The Creep. Got The Last Supper, which I'm going to do an audio version for Thanksgiving. And six, I'm working six, on six, six, Express. the 666 Express with each one of the four of us as a character in the story. It's pretty Dude, funny. I can't wait to fucking check out the rough draft and then be like, oh, we need to make this. I'm probably going to be like, somehow this needs to be a graphic novel. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? It very well could. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun doing this one. I've never done a story like this before. But I got some really good ones coming up after it. I got a story called Come to Jesus. Uh, uh, I've yeah. got a... Uh, I got one. I'm I'm working on uh, a paying homage to Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart. Right, right. And right. I'm writing a, a story called The Eyes Have It about the eyeball killer, and a kind of a mashup between the eyeball killer and the Telltale Heart. And you also said you might consider uh, Lovecraft. I am doing Lovecraft, yeah. the thing on the doorstep. Right. So yeah. that's the one I'm going to do. So that'll be a good one. There's some shorts you can watch on YouTube with the thing on the doorstep. It's pretty crazy. So, uh, anyway, we can't let them go without hearing another karaoke song. No, I never can. Hope you you guys dig this one. You know what? I did it just for this. Before this karaoke, let me tell you something. Oh, shit. For for our listeners that made it all the way through this podcast. Right. It it was just something I found interesting. Me and Chris were watching. uh, I brought Maximum Overdrive over the other day. so good. Every day for for October, I always like watching a certain horror movie. ACDC. ACDC like a motherfucker. But anyway, so we got talking about that, and I was talking about how that was like, big time in Stephen King's cocaine days and right. how he talked about you know when he wrote it and everything else he basically he didn't don't remember, remember right. shit. so I I happened to look up I saw a fucking thing with a Rolling Stone interview and he was talking about misery and he was saying oh yeah that, that dude. he was saying how misery 1000% represents Annie Wilkes is cocaine and that's his biggest fan. Oh wow. And when I I mean I've seen it's that like, movie oh, that a million man, times. Oh, the biggest crazy. fan is breaking yeah. you down. And then you hear that wow. and it like put it in a full new perspective. That's interesting. That, that, yeah, that's I thought that was pretty up, cool. Man. So yeah, I thought I'd share that on yeah, the podcast. That's I, yeah, cool. I remember that the other <laughs> that's day. That's pretty dude. cool. Well, hey, I did this karaoke just for this episode thinking about the uh, people at Bartonville and the insane asylum. So I uh, hope you dig it. So until next time, keep one foot in the gutter. And keep both hands scratching for sanity.
And then someday You'd leave me for somebody new Worry Why do I let myself worry Wondering What in the world did I do? Crazy for thinking that my love could hold you I'm crazy for trying and crazy for crying and I'm crazy for loving you Crazy for thinking that my love could hold you I'm crazy for trying and crazy for crying and I'm crazy